Now, the age-old frozen chicken <laughs> right. fight. I've heard it once. I've heard it a thousand times. <laughs> Welcome everyone and pull up a seat at the table. It is lunchtime in Rome. Tonight is episode 154 entitled Bad Patterns in Relationships. We all fall into bad patterns in our relationships, but why does that happen? What is really behind it at all? How can we possibly break that destructive cycle? And is there hope? Please pull up a chair at the table and join us. First time listeners, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and it would be great if you gave us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? Being alone is the worst. Good times aren't as good, and bad times are worse when you're all alone. Romans 12.15 says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from being alone and what this podcast is all about. We demonstrate that in the first 15 minutes of the podcast, and we talk about it for the rest. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is lunchtime in Rome. That was way better the second time, guys. That was. We should do that every week. You get into bad patterns of not hitting the button that you need to hit. Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Why not? Uh, Why wouldn't you? Why not? My gosh, I am so tired. Aww. I am so... Man, we have a lot going on. You know, I've I have a lot of things that are that are going through my, my brain from, like, I need to buy a new lawnmower because lawnmower's done. I've got to mm. buy a chainsaw. You know Why? Because I gotta cut those trees down in the back. Yikes! So gotta do that. Oh, you're gonna buy a big one. Oh, hey, Chris already has way. seventy bucks into our. Yeah, we should already. We should. Uh, we're going in on. We're it. gonna help you out. Right. Uh, you already did. And yeah, you already paid me seventy bucks, I believe. No, he paid me seventy bucks. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I paid somebody. All right. Uh, then we gotta come down. Gotta put a new light in the kitchen. Gotta go to the hospital after the tree falls on you. <laughs> right. <laughs> got a side project going on that I gotta finish. Gotta take care of the backyard. All of that, uh, there's just like it's one thing after another right now. On top of us trying to potty train Maggie, and I just—that's probably really easy. I don't think I've ever. <laughs> I don't think I've ever wanted to run away from home. I kind of just want to run away from home right now. <laughs> like, like I said last week, I, I can't wait to get to our our, our we're having our wedding anniversary, fifteen year wedding anniversary coming up, and we're going away. And like Where that's going? that's my goal. We're going to Deep Creek, Maryland. Got oh. an Airbnb oh. and some things on the way down, and uh, just a quiet weekend away. Sleep in, not wake up to anything. Uh, awesome. Yeah, like it's. I just I just want to have a conversation with Amy and not have this toddler like just bah, 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 you know just talking. You were so interested you know? in getting away from your home on Sunday. You came over and helped me paint the pool. I, I was like, I'm glad to be here doing manual labor, <laughs> painting your pool, Brian. In this in this hot heat, sweating it out like. Yeah. And I did feel good actually. Like I felt like there was like a, a we got to do something where you're like, I painted that stripe. <laughs> it didn't talk back to me. <laughs> it no. didn't talk back. There was a beginning and an end. <laughs> you know, I could uh, I could pause it if I wanted to so like right now it's just and i will say this the good thing is is like maggie has mastered number ones on the toilet she's that she's got that down she's really good at it it's the number two sure so that's where we are we're making progress i keep on telling myself we're making progress and i'm glad she's at least going even though it's in her pants 
Um, but we're not dealing with the the constipation kind of thing, so right. there's that. But also, I think the great thing is, unless you haven't told me, or us, or me, is that this can be a terrible time for parents between the two of you. And you guys seem to be unified and doing yeah. well. And, and I think we're okay. Um, I think Amy would say that we're okay. We're both like... We're both definitely kind of like at the end of our own ropes at the end of the sure. day, and we're ready to just relax, but we're not at each other's throats. We're not at each, at each other's throats, yeah. That's big. That's big. That is. Yeah. yeah. And she's potty trained. Amy. Yeah. Yeah. So that, For a while now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so right <Drake> one. <laughs> I have a car that I haven't seen since mid-March. Um, this goes on and on. Yeah, it's it terrible. It's I touched touch base today, and uh, there's something called a, a, a throttle arm. Something. I don't know. I'm not an engine guy. I feel like unicorns are punching holes in your but, uh, gas tank at this point. But I don't think I'm, the bill's going up at all. Um, but it's at, it's at the Ford dealership down in Monongahela, and Ford has been trying to get to the bottom of this. Um, so it's, it's like you... A throttle arm that's what it's called so you have to just you have to run through these all the diagnostics and then i think what we're going to do is fix the throttle arm put a new one on and then whatever happens it's it's almost like choose your own adventure at this point mm-hmm. you know like what's the next logical thing that you can do to move this process along but the point is like i haven't had a car th- that car since mid-march and i kind of feel at this point it's almost like a hostage situation where i'm like just i don't care what i have to pay just give me my thing back um give me back my ford <laughs> uh, to to a certain I also had a I woke up out of a dream this morning where I looked at the bill and it was $15,000 and I was like I could have oh. bought a new car but yeah. um th- I'm not there yet um I'm also going away this week I'm going to Dal uh outside of Dallas Frisco Texas to meet the uh the owners of the company that I've been working for since uh November I've never actually met any of my coworkers in real life at this point so um we're right on the verge of launching the product that we've been working on and um there's a lot of big things that are about to happen it's going to be i think a really busy summer and fall rest of the year so i wanted to get down there to touch base with them and just lay things out because it's not just the product that we're launching a whole new product into the market but we're we also have to do all the infrastructure things like onboarding people and support yeah and we we really haven't fleshed that out as much as we should have so um i really hope for a productive trip and i will not be here next week on the podcast i'll be landing at pittsburgh by the time you guys are um getting on the pot and you leave when sunday Mm. i'm actually I get down there. I have a straight shot. I leave Pittsburgh at like 930 in the morning and I get down there. I'm going to look for a disc golf course in Frisco and take a <laughs> yes. couple of discs with me because I, I get there at like like right before noon. So what am I going to do for, you know, half the 36 holes? Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> what do you mean so, looking for a course? I have a rental car. You so, find at least two. Yeah, I'm, gonna t- I'm probably going to take four or five discs with me in my suitcase and, and go have fun. Gosh, that'd be great. Yeah. That does sound nice. And I know you, you, I mean, I'm not saying you like to go away, but you thrive in um, new situations. And mm-hmm. I don't know, you're, you're a guy who embraces. You like meeting people. Yeah. Like, yeah. just like, yeah. oh, this is, this is new. Let's yeah. go get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I, I think it'll be a nice time to get away. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I have a similar disc golf story, but not Texas, but I'll get to that. 
Uh, I just want to say how great it was to be a part of the opening weekend of Little Women, the musical from Glen Hills High School. How emotionally nerve-wracking it was. And then surreal, you know, because, like, one thing I didn't think of at all, and, like, all I thought about was if Bella screws up, she's going to be mortified, number one. And then number two, that's going to suck for a few days. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I'll feel terrible for her, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to feel really terrible for me. All right. Because it's going to be a lot of doing and everything else. And But what I didn't think about was the attention I would get. Mm. You know, everybody's like, there's the dad. Hey, your daughter, you're this. And there's that fine mm. line between deflecting and if oh. it's another parent and I, saying. I see what attention you mean. Yeah. <laughs> there were a couple of times I saw you in the hall. Where you're, you're like, I do not want to talk to that person. Oh, well, that was that was outside of. <laughs> it was right after we walked away from Chris. <laughs> yeah. But Every I'm sorry. Day. I but that's what I thought you meant. Like, no, Brian, no. Talk I to did, me real quick. <laughs> yeah. No, those are two different people. I was ducking. Um, didn't have the emotional margin to deal with a couple of difficult people. But. Um, no, just that, that I would mm-hmm. get attention for Bella. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, it makes perfect sense, but I just didn't plan for it. And that, but to watch her perform and to watch Ethan step out of, well, I don't want to say step out of his comfort zone. Cause I think he's very comfortable there. I've never heard him sing before. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, I hadn't heard him sing. You mean like that? Like, no, I like haven't that. heard him sing. No, <laughs> it, it was, it was a I mean, Bella took my breath away. Like she was amazing. And I think really stole to me and, and, and like I try to be objective, you know, I'm trying to be objective about everything. And I honestly am, but man, she, it's amazing to know her. Like we know her like, you know, Tuesday night and she's just kind of in the background, like, rah, rah, she's rah. Blah, blah, blah. but then on, like the way she comes alive on stage, the, the, her singing, um, her engagement with the audience, you know, the, the, the eye contact with the audience and just, you know, that they're, they're, they're giving their lines, but it's like, she's not waiting for the line. Like there's, there's no like, okay, now you're going to say this and I'm going to say this. She's just really, really natural. And I, I just was blown away by her performance. It was a lot of fun. It yeah. was really good. And it was so hard the next night watching the other lead perform because we, I mean, she's a great girl. She's unbelievably talented, very experienced mm-hmm. and very good friends with Bella, which mm-hmm. is so important because mm-hmm. imagine if yep. there was a rivalry, yep. you know, but even it's like, Hey, let it be what it is. And then the whole time as a parent, you're just like, ah, Bella did different. <laughs> oh, you know? and, that's, that's, and I found myself doing that for other yeah, cast members yeah, because yeah. I know, I know all of the kids yeah. and you know, you're just sitting there and, oh, it was so exhausting. It was almost more exhausting. No. I'll say more exhausting Saturday when Bella didn't have the lead. Now Friday is exhausting, <laughs> but it was great. And the, they donated all the flowers that were that they tried to sell Saturday mm-hmm. night. And we got them over to Seneca Manor, so that was cool for us. Oh, oh, that's yeah. where they went. Okay, that's nice. so cool. And then we they they were throwing away all the cookies, and I was like, I got a volleyball team that would like some cookies, <laughs> and so we handed out a bunch of volleyball or cookies to volleyball team. But here's my disc golf dilemma. Tomorrow morning, I'm getting my car inspected and the oil mm-hmm. changed mm-hmm. at the dealer, Jim Shorky Kia, uh, on Route 30 in Irwin. And oh. a little bell went off. And I said, oh, there's a brand new disc golf yes, course. Yes, there is. Wait, where? Oak Hill Park. It's uh, kind of Irwin-y, kind of um, that area. And I looked, and it's 10 minutes. And I thought, wow, I was planning on taking my computer, sitting down, just getting some work done, which is kind of also code for take a little nap. Mm-hmm. You know, because it'll ruin second sleep. But I thought, ah, 10 minute Uber. What's that going to cost? 10 bucks. <laughs> and then instead of just sitting there, you know, like a stunad, just waiting. Okay, is it done yet? Well, sometimes uh, dealers okay, will even give you a little drop you somewhere. Or, or yeah, yeah, give me a little yeah. drop off. 
So do I stay and just do my work, which I can do anytime. And let's be honest, it's going to be before noon. So I'm not really capable of working before noon. <laughs> right. I, Who is? Especially on a computer. Get out of here. Yeah. But, <laughs> or do I go and play this new disc golf course? I think you go. I'm excited to hear your review. I'm already. looking at my schedule for tomorrow. Well, <laughs> I probably can't go, but. Oh, don't tease, Tito. Oh, man. Be up. Wait, is this it? No, I already asked Joe. Oak Hollow. Oak Hollow. Oh, my bad. My bad. Oh, Jimmy. Ca Joey Callow. Oh, yeah. Well, Joey Gallo's dead. <laughs> nope. Nope. I, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> that one. Oh, my cousin Vinny. Oh, oh Joey Callow. Of course. No, I'm Joey Gallo. It's great. Joey Gallo's I, dead. Uh, I love some Marissa Tomei. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> I love her. I was just watching the Seinfeld where yeah, George is so obsessed good. with her. It's so funny. So for me, I I'll start by echoing the the sentiments on the um the musical. It's a very like it's a different show. It's a very serious show. I mean, it has some lighthearted moments, but it is um very much a uh, a you know a sort of a a lead driven um, performance. That being said. Lily, who is in the ensemble, and the ensemble doesn't have a big role in this, but they, mm -hmm. you no. know, they come not out. Not a lot of big numbers. Right. Not a lot of like big group. Nope. Duets. Dances duets and, and giant, you know, big yeah. energy um, songs. But yet, she, you know, if you know Lily, she is very introverted. She is very <laughs> um, soft spoken. Happy to be in the background. Right. Absolutely. And yet, you know, much like we maybe you know, maybe Bella and Ethan as well as you know, we, we talk about how quiet they can be off stage. Lily for Lily, the musical is very much a labor of love. And I mean labor. Mm -hmm. Like she has to work at it. She, you know, with dyspraxia and everything, she has always had issues with um speech, you know, mm -hmm. pronouncing words clearly and things. So she works so hard at that. Now she does have a beautiful little singing voice, so that always helps. And this year she she had to learn to waltz. You know, for one for yeah. one of the numbers, oh, wow. okay. so that's you know, uh, coordination is outside of her comfort zone too. So she's really putting herself out there, yeah. like because she wants to be part of it so much and wants you know to to do um, well to acting and musicals. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just really proud of her for for sticking her 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 some was sticking her neck out there, but putting herself out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and just enjoying it for for what it is, and, and it's fun to watch her because you can see she's having a great time. Right, <laughs> she was great in the one act play thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. That funny. was another thing that was yeah. yeah. When she was the uh, the old lady. Yeah, is she on Saturdays? She's on every night. Okay, yeah, the cool. ensemble pretty much has like the same roles every, every yeah, yeah, yeah. night. It's okay. just a few of the leads that that swap. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I wanted to add one more. Uh, just occurred to me. There's a kid on my volleyball team uh, who once said to somebody, "Hey, what do you do when your parents hate you?" Mm. That's that's a hurt. Is what we like to call it. Yes, and he's pretty bad. He's pretty quiet. He's a little different, but he's never ever. A, by the way, terrible volleyball player. Mm. I mean, I even said the other day to one of the captains, I said, "What do you suppose goes through his mind when the ball's coming his way?" I said, "Is he thinking of any instruction? Is it sheer panic? Is it just a flat line? Because like he'll do the most random things, and you're just mm. like, I don't know, I don't know what he could possibly be. But anyhow, he cheers." <laughs> So loud in every game. Oh. From the bench, he'll start a like a let's go mm. Penn Hills when there's we're away. Mm. We're away. 
Mm-hmm. And, and he'll cheer for every kid who serves. A kid will go up and hit the ball so hard, and it'll go 50 feet out of bounds. And he'll be cheering for that kid because he hit it so hard. Aww. And, you know, from an emotional needs standpoint, he is screaming for what he wants. Yeah. He wants to be noticed. I was just going to say, to be, exactly what he doesn't get. He doesn't get it. Yeah. I got an email today. We were at Penn Trafford yesterday. I got an email from the head coach who I've known. I played against him as a sophomore in high school. So I've known the guy for a while. He said, weird question. There was a kid who was cheering very loudly. And one of my parents noticed it and he described him and I knew exactly who it was. He goes, the parent wants to do something nice for him. Can you just give me his name? He said, it's the Penn Township police chief is the guy. And he wants to buy him a letterman's jacket or a sweatshirt or whatever. But he wants to really bless this kid for mm. for, oh, wow. for his. That is attitude. so awesome. I said, could you could you arrest his parents? <laughs> <laughs> Just I mean, scare him a little bit to say this is from you know say his name. Um, so I just thought, what a great thing, and yeah. and I and I gave the the coach a little more background into the kid's story. So I think that's pretty special. Yeah, man, that recognition and the that, that could go a long way. That's I sure true. hope so because he's man, he's a hurting kid, and he has got. Uh, you know, obviously his parents are hurting because I don't think you ever choose to crap on your kids. I don't mm-hmm. think you wake up and say, you know what my kid needs today? Yeah. He needs me to know that I hate him. Mm-hmm. I don't think that happens. Mm-hmm. And that has developed through a pattern of hurts in their life. And every time I meet with a couple who's going to be married, in the very first meeting, I say to them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question. <clears throat> Do you guys have the same fight? Over and over and over again. It might be separated by a week or nine months, but when you guys fight, it's the same fight. There's just different details. And it is hilarious to me now, 40 marriages in, that every time I do it, they look at me like I'm some sort of a genius. (laughs) And they go, yes. And I go, right. Well, that's because you're like every other couple because we get into bad patterns, fighting patterns. Do you guys have experience with that? Or are you guys the anomaly? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have so much experience with that. Like endless, endless experience. Like I when I was going through by the way, Jay, beautiful outline tonight. Oh, Jay you. Jay is a lover of outlines and he went <laughs> like four categories deep in the numbers, letters, Roman numerals. I just I'm sorry. Real quick I had to give you props no, for that. I, I, I love it. I, I really received yeah. that very well because even last night we were we were not arguing. We were discussing, hey, what are we gonna do for the podcast? We had a couple different topics and I'm like, all right, fine. Uh, let's just do this one because it was my idea. I'll flesh it out. It's my responsibility for the podcast. Fine. And Brian had a great joke, which was, you're doing it now, which was 1130 at night. And then he said, ah, it's middle of the day for you. What am I talking about? <laughs> but I sat down, TV off, and just worked on it. And when Bella came upstairs to go to bed, I showed it to her. And I said, you know, you complain right now about having to write a 500-word essay. And you complain about having to take notes for this. I said, I don't know when this developed my ability to outline. I said, but... You know, this is about a 20 page paper, you know, if I would write oh, out yeah. every one of them and if I was just focused and able to do it. So the fact that you all recognize that meant a lot to me and it was a lot of fun to put together. That's awesome. Because not anything. It wasn't like I ripped it from a page of my training or anything like that. Mm. Right. And so when I was reading it earlier, I'm going through it and I'm like, yes, <laughs> got one of those. Yes. Two of these four of those <laughs> like like. Amy and I have a marriage full of, bad you know, patterns. of bad patterns. Yeah, people right really, now like, logging off the podcast. <laughs> not sure why I'm listening to that. <laughs> hey, I'll I'll be the example today. That's fine. But like seriously, like over the many years, it's like we have gotten into bad habits, and we're trying. You know, we're solving them 
now because mm. we are learning about all you know relational needs and all these things but there were a lot of years without that and so there's a lot of past hurts and there's a lot of those old arguments or those old patterns of arguments that just keep coming up and keep coming up and i'm like i can't believe this is still happening like we got to get like around the corner of this but we got like we got to dig deeper you know and, and we're going to talk about that tonight, Dig deeper, but it takes time yeah yeah. yeah 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 and i do want to point out we're also there are there are also good patterns in relationships and we will talk about that about that in a subsequent podcast but i don't think so <laughs> just kidding no i'm not saying we all have good patterns there are good patterns uh, okay <laughs> but yeah, so in a simple definition, you know, it is a cyclical conflict, conflict in a relationship where the details change, but it's the same fight. You're fighting about the same thing. Just something else caused it this time. You know, you see it in movies a lot or TV shows when they go, you know, that's the same thing that you always do like your mother does. And she's like, you're bringing up my mother again. Mm -hmm. And it just goes from there. Um, if you listen to any comedian talk about a relationship. Yeah. They're talking about cyclical cyclical patterns mm -hmm. that are negative and destructive and it's evident and prevalent in every relationship uh the characteristics i think are every decision in conflict is handled the same way and it is not productive right like you're so that's a small that's one way to look at it go ahead yeah no i was just gonna say so that, i mean and that's to me when i read like that's that is the 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 crux of the problem is they're all handled the same way, right? Like you you never get out of it. Then if you if you you're never going to break the cycle if you're handling it the same way every time, right? Absolutely. And and again, there's this is sort of two different characteristics of a negative pattern. One is every conflict, even small ones, are handled the same way and it's negative, and that can lead us to you know the poor emotional responding. You know, like if you look at. Eric, you know, your example of people in your life that the one person always makes the decisions and the other person just goes, right. Mm -hmm. And nothing's getting solved. Nobody, nothing's real is getting done. One person's getting their way. The other person's shoving it down and yeah. it goes nowhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a terrible negative pattern. Mm -hmm. Or you fight over everything. That's a negative pattern. Or like in my parents growing up, my dad would want to, if there was conflict and I never knew about it, he would bring it up and my mother wouldn't want to talk about it. Well, mm -hmm. that's a negative pattern. He's like, mm -hmm. let's talk about this. She's like, I can't talk about it. And there you go. Right. Yeah. The other characteristic or the other type of negative pattern is when the big blow up happens. And again, that's all relative. We met one time with a married with a married couple and the woman said to Rachel, well, OK, so I called him this, that and the other thing. But what do you yell at Jay when you guys get in a fight? What names do you call him? Mm. <laughs> Rachel's like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> we don't actually yell at each other. And she was like, OK, <laughs> but we have our own versions. Sure. Yeah, And we right. had stumbled into our own mm -hmm. same patterns. And we sort of, this sort of is in reference to, you could, you could reference the marriage, marital games, mm -hmm. or I think we called them the relationship games in some of the podcasts that we did, but it's the same thing. It's the same fight over and over and uh, back to the comedians, uh, Dane Cook. Mm-hmm talking about was the it nothing, jelly the nothing fight right. i don't even like jelly i don't even know what jelly is yeah they're, they're <laughs> fighting over jelly yeah. you know <laughs> but it's not about jelly right it's not about jelly yeah you know yeah. And, but in like an hour or like the next no they didn't talk for like three days and then finally she's like i'm just saying there was jelly <laughs> it's, it's such a great bit uh, i remember uh you know, before amy and i learned a lot about emotional needs and whatnot i always wanted to talk about whatever issue we were having like let's solve it and she didn't want to. She mm. needed some time. 
you know, just to like mm-hmm. think it over. So I learned that about it, but that would be a reoccurring thing and it would annoy me. Like, cause my high need of acceptance, like if I did something wrong, I want to, I want to get, I want to solve the issue and figure it out. Right. And get back to a place of peace. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Something happened the other night with Flex and I, I was, uh, I went out and played hockey, um, in the evening and I was supposed to be home for dinner. And I forgot a piece of equipment out at hockey. And like the whole time I was like, okay, I'm done with hockey. I'm on my way home. I actually came back to Penn Hills, went to Dollar General, texted her. I was like, I'm a Dollar General. I'll be home. And then somebody texted me that I forgot my piece of equipment. So I went back out to hockey and then stayed and watched a game, stayed and talked to some people, Uh never texted her. I didn't get home till like 1030. And yesterday was not a good wake up. So, and, and it's been like that for a long time. Like I've just done that and there hasn't been anything set. And so we've been working on some things, but like, so it was a tough wake up, but she was like, like, what what was that? And I said, well, I mean, I've done that a lot before. And she said, well, that really takes away from my sense of security and respect. And. I, and, and I realized, okay, this is an opportunity to create a new pattern because I knew we were kind of, we, we'd been talking about patterns right. uh, you know, I brought even, it up even before week, yeah. we figured it, you know, this, this is what we were talking about tonight. So it was like, okay, that's a, that's a, that's a pattern that obviously has caused some hurt in, in the past where I just check out. I don't say anything or, you know, she doesn't hear from me and I've thought that it's been fine or I've thought that it's been at least, okay, that's the way it is. And we really never addressed how that has been uh, a hurt so we did that yesterday morning because because i was kind of like what do you what do you what do you mean what are you talking about and then we talked it out and i said okay absolutely i can totally see how you know whether for whatever reason however that went off the rails for as long as it did let's correct that like i will definitely be checking and i will definitely be more you know, letting you know what's going on when it's going on. So I thought that it, for as unfortunate as it was, it was good to recognize that that's an opportunity to change that so that those hurts aren't compounded on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's an important part. You know, with each fight like that, in, in the second example, major conflicts that don't get resolved and follow the same pattern, the the, the compound, oh. the exponential that it just happens again it brings up every and again single and again from so the something that then all of a sudden something that you you know the one person goes that's not that big of a deal no but it's it's on top of right a thousand small deals yeah, yeah. right i have an example real quick to throw in, out there too is that um, <laughs> i'm just laughing we have so many examples of destructive relationships right. <laughs> we are yeah. the worst well amy and i this just is tonight, this, is this, is fresh, this is a table this is a table Fresh, or shall I say, frozen example? Because Amy and I fought tonight. Because <laughs> it's about Amy. You're saying Amy's no. cold. Oh, Man. that's rude. Man. Oh, wow. I'm telling her. Frigid is a strong word. <laughs> Amy and I had an argument tonight about. And I'm putting the word "about" in quotes because, of course, it wasn't really about that. Frozen chicken. Mm-hmm. It's like the jelly thing. Yeah, I, you know, the age-old frozen chicken <laughs> right. fight. I've heard it once. I've heard it a thousand times. I was supposed to cook chicken tonight. Infidelity? No. Frozen chicken. <laughs> I was supposed to cook chicken tonight. I expected the chicken to be in the fridge. And these were like big full legs, right? (laughs) She put them down like in our deep freezer. And I was like, I didn't know this. I wasn't ready for this. My time frame was all thrown off. Now, however, however, I was not blaming her. But because we have a 
bad pattern of like how we perceive each other's feelings in certain situations and you know arguments me in the kitchen being like and i I mean i wasn't screaming i was literally muttering under my breath about it and like you know sighing and like okay now what am i gonna do i gotta okay figure out you know how am i gonna defrost this fast enough She's in the living room. Go ahead. I'm going to be a terrible host and everything, but as you're just describing this whole situation, you in the kitchen, I would be like, wow, what can I make? If I don't have the chicken, then I've got to adapt. And I've got to come in. You're like, and you're all angry. And I'm like, what a cool opportunity. <laughs> but we, for you, it We wasn't. all know you're a bear man, Jay. No, like, we're just ordering just cooking challenges. <laughs> yeah, the Erica. Or woohoo, getting my hands. <laughs> but the whole time she's in the living room perceiving yeah. it as... He is so angry at me. He is so like he is out there like swearing under his breath at me. He's Mm. every single sigh was like piercing her. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then when I finally came into the living room and all I said was I was actually passing through and I just said, hey, can you not do that next time? That was the end. Right. Like, so we ended up in this huge like argument about it. (laughs) And I'm like, it was just chicken, and it I under you know recognize it was just chicken, but it it wasn't just chicken. <laughs> Jay's face, right that's great. <laughs> the, there there was no bludgeoning with the frozen chicken, though. Like you guys both survived. We survived. Okay, good. Somehow, because I've heard some chicken fights end up with <laughs> bludgeoning over the head. But because as you were describing that, and she's hearing every sigh. And she is hurt with every sigh. Yep. And it is built upon a thousand other disappointments that had nothing to do with you and that had to do with you. Right. You're in the kitchen frustrated and you're not even th- you're not even thinking about her. Exactly. And so what it, what it struck me is how alone both of you are in this moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why when you said that I walked by and just said, can you not do that again? Oh, gosh, it didn't get better. Right. No, <laughs> I was totally focused on me and I was just like, okay. I'm not going to yell, but I just need to express this to her. Mm. But it was just the the wrong time. And it was like, you you know, Mm -hmm. chaos ensued. And so we have to look at what, in fact, causes this fight to happen. And there's three different general causes that we will look at tonight. The first one I say is, is general. And that is when we are hurt, when we have an emotional need not met or taken from us, that's a hurt. And hurts go four places. The first not the first, four of them, one of which is anger. Another one is fear. Another one is guilt. And the last one is self-condemnation, feeling that your needs don't even, you don't even matter. And so if one person in a relationship, if their hurts go really strongly, because predominantly your hurts go to one, maybe two. I mean, yeah, you can experience any of the four, but a large percentage go to one or two of these places. Well, if say, for example, yours go to anger and your spouse's go to guilt. So every time there is conflict, anytime there's not even conflict, a hurt, one person's getting angry. The other person's blaming themselves all the time, feeling guilty. That is not a pattern <laughs> that is that is not set up for conflict resolution. Does that make sense to you guys? And, and if you yeah. look at some of the other examples, yep. um, you know, I, I was even thinking it's <laughs> it's funny. I was thinking of different people that I know. For each one. And I'm like, people that have constant conflict. And I go, well, okay, what's their issue? You know, um, it's kind of like when we, we've talked before about like, why, 
I think, well, Jay, it was your example about the volleyball player, how he is giving what he wishes he would receive. Like there's that conflict of that's, that's sort of the outward emotional need side of it. This is like the reverse of that, right? This is like the, here's where everything is going and it's going in two different places. It was a great analogy in my head. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, no, it's just, if you think about it, you know, if somebody's always angry and the other person always feels guilty, well, then that's a terrible matchup because nobody's ever taking the true responsibility or seeking how the other person feels. Mm. One person's always walking on eggshells around the other person. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, there is no conflict resolution. There is no meeting of needs. There's no mutual giving. And therefore, it's a it's a negative conflict pattern. You could look at it from even anger and self-condemnation. Like, I didn't do a good enough job of keeping them from being angry again. I'm not a good enough husband or I'm not a good enough wife to keep them from being angry. And so rather than it's my fault they're angry, I'm just I'm just a bad wife, a bad husband. My role in this relationship is obviously I'm not doing a good enough job. And so imagine you do that long enough, then guess what? You lash out. Mm. Because you're so tired of being the one who isn't good enough. And meanwhile, the person that's angry, maybe not even thinking about you. And that example. Yeah, you know, my example. That's it. exactly. You know, she she's mad at what you're doing and you didn't even know you'd done it in the first place. Right. And so because she's right now feeling guilty, mm-hmm. you're like, well, that's kind of a nice switch. <laughs> <laughs> guilty and self-condemning. Are some, and, those are her two. And you mm-hmm. were angry. Right. Which isn't usually my, or is it? Or is it? I I hardly know myself sometimes. I think <laughs> let's get Amy on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so and the other ones could be you know fear and guilt. If somebody's always afraid, the other person is feeling is and their hurts always go to guilt. Well, I didn't keep them from feeling afraid, and so they might that that manifests into why are you afraid again? Because they don't want to show you know that it's my fault you're afraid. Mm-hmm. It's my fault that this is this anxiety has riddled you again. And so you're blaming yourself. They're always in they're you know, fearful or full of anxiety. And then they can blame you for the anxiety. You know, it's not they may or may not be same thing with the anger. They may be angry at you. They may not be. But when you keep getting that and your hurts keep going to that place and the other person isn't in the same place with you, it's quite terrible. Rachel very often will feel anxious. Not very often when she is full of a lot of hurts, she will get a little anxious. I thought you were going to say not very often, all the time. No. (laughs) And I used to try to fix it because I will either go to self-condemnation or guilt. Mm -hmm. And so then I would try to fix. She's like, I'm just, I'm just, you know, it'd be like a Saturday morning and there's so much to do and I don't know what, and I feel guilty for sleeping in and I'm just anxious. Well, so then I would be like, I have to fix it. And so then I would try to fix it. Guess what? You don't fix anxiety. Mm -hmm. Nope. And so then I would get frustrated with her for still being anxious. And now she's angry with me because I'm trying to fix her and not just letting her be who she is. Mm-hmm. In general, anger and fear, the two, two, those two places where hurts go, they look outward. It's I'm hurt for this reason. Guilt and self-condemnation look inward. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. It's, my, it's fault. my fault or I'm not worthy. Uh-huh. And very often if you get one of the two of the one. And one and two of the other, that is a bad matchup. And I'm not saying you can't work it out, but that's going to be a general reason of where there is this simple conflict. And more likely than not, this is the conflict in everyday 
decision-making or conflict, small conflicts, everyday decision-making, whatever else. This is where you fall into that bad pattern all the time. Mm-hmm. A, <clears throat> a second way is procedural conflict between emotional needs. Hey, real quick, just to flesh that out before we move on. Yeah. So you're saying, I mean, this takes obviously a lot of self-analysis and a lot of like analysis in a relationship of, of together and each other. But you're saying if a, if a pair, if a relationship has one outward looking um, place where hurts go like anger or fear and the other one has an inward like guilt or self-condemnation, they could be predisposed to, to right. poor conflict resolution. Right, right, right. That's amazing. Like that is that's right there is a revelation that like I mean you're trying to get to the the and I said this very line to Amy tonight, like we need to get to the root of this. Like we need to get because it's not about the chicken, right? And I mean this is just to to start, you know, seeing that fleshed out and say, okay, if she's this and I'm this, that predisposition is like like that you're, is it's like you're starting out from a negative. Yeah. Well, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you weren't even think thinking that she was hurt, like, because in your mind, like, why? Oh, yeah. Why would she be? Right. Well, you know what I mean. Yes, I and I don't know though if it's because I thought to, I don't think I even thought to myself. How oh, does Amy feel right, right now? Exactly. Right. I was just like it was all about me. Now I was conscious that I didn't, in my mind, do anything to her. Meanwhile, I was right with all of my. You could have reassured her, like, "Honey, it's okay. Let's just yes. not, let's just not do if that." If I was a thoughtful person, right. I could have done that. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of self condemnation, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I, I got them all. You want anger? You want <laughs> He's gifted. He's gifted this one. He's got a couple we haven't even defined yet. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, the next one is procedural, which I, I just it was midnight. And I couldn't come up with a better term for it, but it's basically conflict between. Emotional needs. So we all have emotional needs. And sometimes those a high need in one with a high need in another can conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. So this is what I was talking about. Well, go ahead. Last yes. night when no, we were you trying mean, to figure it out? No, just when I was trying to use my in, oh. the analogy to say it's like this, but in reverse. When no, you, when this you, is. Well, you're actually almost there. Yeah. We're not quite there yet. Okay. Because you said it was like the volleyball player who's giving what he wants to receive. Right. This is not that. Okay. This is where two different needs compete or conflict with each other. When Rachel and I were first married, I've used this example before. Rachel had a high need for security, would want to know where I was all the time. Even if I would lay out for her my schedule for the day, she would then call me or she would (laughs) page me and (laughs) ask me where I was. And I'd be like... I. I already told you where I was, mm-hmm. and I'm a grown man because mm-hmm. I had a high need for respect mm-hmm. because at that point in time, I'm making almost zero money working for Young Life, and I have a non-traditional job, so I don't have a nine-to-five. And I'd be like, what, do you think I'm just not working? Do you think I'm – and so just like with you in the kitchen, yeah. I'm in my own head, and I'm taking what she is needing, which is security, as an assault to mm-hmm. my respect. Yep. And so anytime there's conflict in that regard, guess what? We had that fight again. Mm-hmm. Does anybody have any other examples that you can think of in your own relationship? You don't have to check the outline, but it, when you guys have conflict between emotional needs. Uh, I feel like Amy and I are pretty similar in emotional needs, actually. But I will say, like, though it does resonate with, with me going back to the whole letting her know where I am and going back to what you were talking about before earlier, Brian. Um, you know, she just wants to know, like, 
hey, text me when you get there. Okay. And then there was one moment where, like, I kept on, like, texting her, like, taking a picture of you guys, like, you know, just showing her. And she was like, okay, I believe you that you're that you're disc golfing right now. You're like, you know, like, I'm like, okay, you told me to text you. <laughs> I went a little too far. But, no, but yeah. Um, if you think of somebody who has a high need for affection, and so the minute the other person enters the room or gets home, and they run up and they give them a big hug. And the person just wants to set their bag down. I, I just want to just have mm. my peace and quiet and whether that be respect or security, like, hey, I've just had a big, long day. I don't need you up in my face. Mm. And so they're not meeting the other person's need for affection. And the person who needs affection is not meeting their need for just either security or respect or or whatever that is. Interesting. And so that would be a conflict there. The, the classic one is I like to call it the Rachel and Bella. Uh, dilemma and we should say that because like like we should call this the rachel and bella <laughs> dilemma but i was thinking like talking about like what causes it the general conflict between where hurts go the anger guilt anger self-condemnation and whatnot like i feel like that a lot of that comes to parenting and you know growing up like your years growing up like it's almost like forming who you are like back then absolutely yeah. i mean all of this yeah you, you know when i meet with again when i meet with couples and we fill out a, a family uh, childhood question, childhood history questionnaire. You know, they're always like, "Oh, that was in the past," and you know, I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> here we go again." <laughs> you clearly didn't have a biology class or anything else. So much of this is part is the groundwork is laid. I mean, by the time you're like two, yeah, let alone twelve. Yeah, um, I have a very low need for support. Support is somebody comes alongside you and helps you do, or do yeah. the thing. Let me help you. I don't want you to do that unless I, I, unless I, came, I came over and helped paint your pool. So I don't know about that. One. Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I would have done it myself and I'd have been fine with it. But I do. I mean, if I don't need it, right. right it's great. Right, when right. You, it's great when you give it. Right. Yeah. And I'm not going to turn it away, but I don't need yeah, it. Yeah. But Lex and Abby, um, my wife and daughter definitely have a, a need for support um, and I, I see that with things are like, like when Abby had, we switched, we recently switched bedrooms before that Abby's, you, you walked into Abby's bedroom and it looked like it, it was a, it was a war zone, like just so much stuff everywhere. Like to the point where it was like, is, is she going to become a hoarder? Mm -hmm. Like, like this is, this is like, there's some, some stuff going on yep. and she would, she would be so overwhelmed with like she just wouldn't know how to start yeah it'd be like abby go clean your room and she would just she would shut down she right. had no idea how to. Dude, that was me when i was a kid so but funny. as soon as i walked in and i didn't have to do anything i just sat there and said why don't you start this little pile here and then she would start that little pile and just kind of get lost and i'd be like well do you want to give this thing away do you want to give this thing away what do you want to do with this and then she would just like then take off with it while I'm sitting there and then every once in a while she would like veer off and get lost and I'd be like, well, how about you go over here and do that? So that was interesting to me to see that I don't have a high need for support at all, but to see the need for support being met was really, really cool to me and, and is really cool yeah, to me. Yeah, it is cool. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but like um, Eric's example of painting the pool, like that's that's different to you oh, yeah. than let's say I was making a joke. Sure. But like, <laughs> but no, but it's right. Like well, strike it's, two. it's nice to have somebody, <laughs> uh, this is support. probably strike five now. Um, <laughs> however, let's say you're grilling out by the pool. 
you don't want Eric to come up and tell you how to grill your chicken uh, or you how to like that's respect. Right. Yeah. You don't touch like, another man's grill. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, okay. All right. Yeah, because maybe, maybe that's he's, too general maybe he's an thinking about that's like knowing emotional needs. Oh, I'm going to support Brian. I'm going to help Brian right. do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, don't. you don't want that. You want to accomplish right. those things. Think through those things on your own. Jay, mm-hmm. back to you cuz I interrupted you and I'm sorry. No, but these are all great examples of, you know, yeah. you and and it's even not in conflict. It creates conflict. Because mm-hmm. if you said, oh, I'm going to support Brian by telling him how he needs to do something. Ooh. Oh, do Ooh. A, he doesn't have a high need for support. B, you're stepping all over his respect. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to tell Brian yeah. what to say in a situation. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> right. Loves, Everybody that. should do that. Well, how often does that happen in a relationship, though? Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, and again, this, by the way, is not just. Husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. This is parent, child. This Work is all relationships. All yeah. of them. All you, of them. You teased the Rachel Bella thing, which was the classic. Yeah, yeah the classic Rachel Bella thing, which is Rachel communicates via encouragement, and Bella has a high need for support. And so mm. you did the cleaning the room thing. That's exactly where that's it is. It. Mm-hmm. And so that that's a conflict. If, and again, encouragement would be Rachel being like, "You can do it. Go clean your room. You can do it. It'll take you fifteen minutes. It's not that yeah. hard." The, to Bella, that's <laughs> a brick said, wall. Right. Yeah. Not a thing. Not a thing. <laughs> Um, the last one is attention versus acceptance. And I bring that up only because it's, it just came up with a couple that I had dealt with where the girl, the woman had an insatiable need for attention. And the guy had an overbearing mother growing up where she was a helicopter mom, but also said to him, you know, you're my sweet angel. You're the best. You're the best. But if you just would do this. Uh-huh. So the, the woman would say to him, hey, let's talk about something. And he's already sweating because the pressure's on. <laughs> and he would say, what do you want to talk he about? I want to screw it up. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. And she would say, if I have to tell you, then apparently you don't want to talk to me. Oh, and so man. all he hears is mommy from a life to Brian's over here. <laughs> F that. <laughs> you don't want to tell me. Screw you. But the poor girl's like, I just want someone to pay attention to me. And if you can't uh-huh. think of something to say, and all he hears is mom saying, you're not perfect. You mm. didn't quite do it. And I'm going to observe everything you said. Yeah. And pretty sure the divorce now um, so another thing that i was just scouring my notes for was sometimes it's having just different levels of the same need mm. can cause the same pattern mm. you know so yeah mm-hmm. I, I know what it's mm-hmm. not that we have different needs it's mm-hmm. different levels of that need can cause that problem uh still within procedural is not being open and honest and vulnerable in a relationship, if you look at it, there's three things that are essential in a relationship for it to be very good, which is your goal, by the way. It's not to not suck, but to be very good. <laughs> and that is being uh, having God at the center of your relationship and not just a plaque on the wall in the dining room, but literally having God be in between the two of you and seeking his counsel and things. Number two is being open and honest and vulnerable in your communication of your needs. You know, it's not just like in your schedule. Mm-hmm. Being open and honest and vulnerable about your schedule will, might meet their need for security, mm. but it's about your needs in the communication. If we're not op- if we're not being if we're not communicating it, we're not being open. Mm-hmm. Right? You no, know, honey, how have you been? Fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not fine. Nobody's fine. <laughs> you know, we all have needs. How can I meet your needs? If you don't say it, you're not being open. Uh, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier, Chris. The second one. Uh, stealing the need. Oh, wait, I did about not being honest. Uh, you mentioned that my volleyball player is giving what he wants to receive. Wait, this is finally it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we have arrived. (laughs) So Uh, 
he is stealing the need? He's trying to. He's he's he's, he's Oh, he's trying to steal his own need. I see what you're saying. No, he's projecting what he wants so that right. somebody will give it back to him. He's, yes. right. Think of a hug. If it was if he wanted a hug, he's running around hugging everybody. Right. And then how how devastating when everybody's like, ah, no, I'm staying away from that guy because he's a maniac. Right. Well, here's or, the, or, back to him though. Yeah. Do, or are you talking about him? Mm-hmm. Right. Like when you're trying so desperately to get that, you're stealing it. Most, a lot of the times people are going to be like, like it repels. Oh, sure. It repels. Oh, I mean, uh, a guy that, uh, you know, I've dealt with people who have such an insane need for attention mm-hmm. uh, in my young life days, especially. And I would literally work with them on giving them nonverbal social cues because they, I could see them just get ramped up and they would mm-hmm. try to do more and more and more uh-huh. to be seen. And then they're becoming that kid mm-hmm. that nobody wants to be around. Right. Um, specifically to my guy, the cool thing is almost actually, no, everybody on the team appreciates him. And even the hardest kids are like, more people should be like him. Yeah. <laughs> He's positive all the time. <laughs> and it's like, that's not what that kid would normally say. So at least in that situation, they're not. Avoiding and what's like crazy play. is like, what they don't know is like. They don't know that that kid is like suffering. And yeah. He's not being positive for you. Yeah. Let's right. be very honest. Yeah. Man, what a world we live in. And so when you're stealing the need, when you're projecting your need instead of communicating it, you're not being honest. So the first one's being open. The second one's being not being honest. You know, and if you're running up and hugging everybody you see, you're not saying to somebody really close to you, hey, I really need some affection. Mm-hmm. And so that's not. Oh, I'm sorry. I was about to finish. No, your sentence. That's not being vulnerable. Is that where you're going? Well, Sure. Oh, it's not being honest about your needs. And therefore, the reason why you're not being vulnerable is you've tried to be open in the past. You've tried to be honest in the past. And then you haven't had your need met. Mm. So therefore. Now you're afraid. You're protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. Why would you be vulnerable if it's just going to get hurt? Mm -hmm. So you've learned to not be open, Mm -hmm. to not be honest. Because if I didn't know, you know, if I'm in a relationship and the other person doesn't meet my need, but they don't know it. That's one thing. If, if I know told, it, when I, when I teach people about this and they take the, the relational needs questionnaire for the first time, I then their homework in the second meeting is to give the other person a, a tangible, specific way to meet that need so that, and they, and they always go, well, this feels dumb. And I said, okay, if you have a high need for affection. And you say, it would mean the world to me if you hugged me when you walked into the house for the first time. Would you rather you told them to do that and they did that or they never did that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, because the opposite is what if they don't want to hug when they first walk in the door, but the other person thinks, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hug them as soon as they come in the door because they have a high need for affection. So they get up, they run to the door, they give them a big hug and the other person goes, not now. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, I will never meet your need again. Mm -hmm. We are done Mm. because here I am trying to meet your need, but you told me that wasn't good enough. Mm. And so now we're, guess what? Back into a conflict and that can go, that's a hurt. Okay. Well, how do your hurts match up? And now you're into this whole negative cycle again. Mm. So you've learned once again, well, I was vulnerable, but it didn't work. So we want to make sure that we are vulnerable, vulnerable. It's a great word in a productive way. It's a terrible word and I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's so last is not mutually giving one or both of the people are not loving the other by meeting an open, honest and vulnerable communicated need. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what you just said. Like, oh, this feels dumb. Like, 
apparently that person is not going to meet an openly communicated need. Yeah, or just in, in a pattern. You know, I, I always go with the the more traditional 1950s family where, you know, Edith Bunker's going around meeting all of Archie's needs and Archie is just the center of his own world and he doesn't, you know, he put food on the table. So there you go. Um, or the person that is always apologizing and always acquiescing. That's not a balance. That's not mutual giving. And so therefore there's what it'll be is the person will take it. They'll take it. They'll take it. They explode. Mm -hmm. They take it. They take it. They take it. They explode. Mm -hmm. Or both don't meet in a need and they just slowly drift apart until they explode. Hmm. It's a happy topic. <laughs> the last um, source of this is unresolved hurts. The There are, again, two types of these. And the first is past hurts outside of a relationship that have not been comforted. So this has nothing to do with the other person. This is the childhood stuff. And yeah, absolutely. Or previous relationships or traumatic experiences. You know, Chris, your example of frozen chicken gate, <laughs> you know, I don't think I'm blowing up anybody's spot, but your wife's got a few hurts from her father, both sure. current and historical. And how many of those got lumped into that moment subconsciously? Right. Mm -hmm. Probably a million. Right. And so therefore, when you come walking through. You know, I, you go so far as to say when you said, don't let that happen again, she may have heard it in her dad's voice. <laughs> I've done good. <laughs> Strike three. <laughs> no, that, that was sarcasm. I'm being sarcastic. I suppose. But that's how that impacts us and impacts conflict in a relationship. And think about it. You know, I'm glad you didn't think of that because you very easily could have been like, hey, look, I'm not your dad. Oh, yeah. And then, boom, then right. it is your fault. But if you think of unresolved hurts that a person may not even really be aware are applying in a, in a given moment, the the person that is, for lack of a better term, being blamed, the person that is doing the hurting is sitting there thinking, what I did wasn't that bad. And that's how you get confused in a relationship. You're like, every time mm -hmm. this happens... They just really flip out. And so, you know, the comedian makes the joke, you know, oh, it's a big deal. And, and you know, women, huh? Well, no, they were hurt in a previous relationship or being raised. Yeah, it was just jelly. <laughs> but it's a lifetime of mm -hmm. not being taken seriously or, or being taken advantage of. And so then that the other person doesn't understand why they're getting the conflict over something that just didn't matter. And now... There's another issue involved. Mm -hmm. Then if they do know and they say, oh, you're just doing this because your dad never or your wife, your first wife did this. I'm getting blamed for your first wife. Mm -hmm. Gosh, that that's those aren't healing words. Yeah. And then the more obvious one is uh, unresolved hurts within that relationship from the past. Mm -hmm. and I like how you say, like, it's either things that haven't been confessed so therefore, internal hurts, I guess, right? That that maybe the other person doesn't even know about, or understood and forgiven. So one of those things, right? You could have confessed it, but when I say understood, that is the true way to heal a hurt between two people. That I understand how I made you feel, and I've communicated that to you. 
It's not me asking you to forgive me and you saying, oh, you're forgiven. And we go, okay, good. We got past it. Mm-hmm. No, if I like if for, for your situation with Lex, you know, if you said to her, I can't imagine every minute that went by and I didn't text you and I didn't call you. And you were probably remembering all the other times that I didn't text or call. Mm-hmm. And in the back of your mind, you're going, which I thought was okay, but right. you don't say that. Right. <laughs> you know, and I can't fathom how long that night must have been for you. She would mm-hmm. go. He gets it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it is to be understood mm-hmm. too often. Okay. You might confess something. Hey, Leah, you know what? Ah, I was wrong. Yeah. All right. But where are you? Yeah. Uh, you know, do, do you understand, you really understand that you were wrong? Right. Mm-hmm. I, it reminds me of like all the um, celebrity apologies. <laughs> like, oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry for. I'm sorry. I, I made you feel that way. No, I'm sorry if the decision that I made to save mankind offended you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't think that's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and then forgiven. Maybe the person goes, "You know what? I understand your heart, and you understand the way you hurt me. We're okay." Mm-hmm. Well, those three, three things have not happened: the confession, the understanding, and then the forgiveness. That's an unresolved hurt in a relationship. And I've done a marriage weekend. Where I, <laughs> I was with some Mount Hope people. Eric, you'll mm-hmm. appreciate who those were. Yeah. And I brought this up and I said, here's what we're going to do. You're going to go off with your spouse and you're going to make a list of ways you've hurt each other historically in your relationship. And then I'm going to teach you how to, how, to, how, how to resolve those hurts. You would have thought I said. Uh, I'm going to sleep with all your wives <laughs> and uh, then I'm going to rate their performance. <laughs> they would have been much happier had I done that. Like they were like, no, we've gotten past all that. Why would you want to bring up anything from the past? Mm. I mean, they were angry. They did not ask me back. Mm. Um, but that's their thing is we got past it, yeah. ah, but you didn't heal it. You didn't yeah. heal it at all. And it has such an impact on today. Mm-hmm. And that is a real big cause of why these things happen. And also, yeah, well, you know, and I I could see like one party wanting to move forward if there has been something done. Like, I just want to talk about the future. Like, let's just talk about, but you can't. And odds are you were the one that made the mistake in the past. Right. Not you, Eric, but you, the one who says, let's just focus on the future. That's what I mean. Right. Let's just focus on the future. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it's not your hurt. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> right. And so, again, if you're hurt in a relationship and you've, quote unquote, gotten past it, now the other person is meeting your needs. Every time they do something good, way in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, but you still didn't fix that. Mm. And oh so, my gosh, yes. And now imagine, <laughs> <laughs> imagine the person that met the need. They're like, look, I'm doing all I can, mm-hmm. but there's this anchor on the, and then they get mad. Look, all these good things I did for you. Mm. Well, but we've gotten past it. So they can't bring it up again. Right. And so therefore it's just deadened and clouding the relationship. And, you know, well, that's what I just said. So here's a question. Yes. How do you break the cycle, Jay? Ooh, that's a heck of a segue. I think that's a heck of a uh, teaser. Well, that's the question. Yeah. We're at the hour mark. Wow, we are at the hour Mm -hmm. mark. I didn't even realize that. Well, this is perfect because we have set up here's how it happens. Maybe you can can start to look for it in your relationships. Right, knead yeah. that into your dough, so to speak. And then next week, we talk about how to break the cycle. Wow, I didn't even realize we were at the hour. Right now, Duke is just swearing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bad cycle. <laughs> you could have gone on. <laughs> well, you know what that means, Chris. Yeah, we're going to end uh, episode 154 on that note. So, sorry for the cliffhanger, and yet... Um, 
really, I think it, it's, you know, we, we touched on so much meaningful information tonight. And um, next week we will resolve it. So uh, we hope you will join us again at the table for episode 155. In the meantime, please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media. And don't forget to visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com where you can take the relational needs questionnaire and start uh, figuring out some of these answers for yourself and about yourself and about those that you love. Until then, thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. See you next week. Buenas noches. Bye. So, right one. Me in the kitchen being like, Strike two. It's nice to have somebody. (laughs) uh, This is probably strike five now. Um, (laughs) 